Good evening to everybody. Uh, my name is Emsley, my wife Angelique. We've got two children. My son is 27, he's on the super yachts. And my daughter is 24, she is uh, a potter and she still lives with us. So I had to uh, teach myself to do pottery so I could teach her. Uh, so we do things together and we see how it goes. This thing doesn't want to start up. Benny, are you clued up with this? I feel so smart. This morning I preached for the first time at AM with this laptop thing. Just make it work, please. <laughs> I want it to look smart. I've got standby notes. <laughs> but I just want to. I just want to start while they. Um, um, you got it on. Okay. I most probably pressed that button. Um, just. Um, Stephen and Leanne, it's great having you with us. I invited them to come. She's actually my doctor. And uh, I just had to make sure that when I get too excited today, that I've got somebody to sort me out here. All right, but it's, it's great having you. And I just want to, I never, I, I always talk to you in person. But I want to say in front of the whole congregation here, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you. Appreciate it. They live in George, so uh, the hook is in. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I think what is important is, is, is um, I'm not very worried about that. We, we'll, is it dead? That's typical of the enemy. I don't get thrown by that, so I just go the muckstock way. The apple. Yeah, the apple. So... Um, Yes, is it? Yes. Before I start, you prayed in the prayer meeting earlier, and uh, I saw the word enos. Is when you add the Holy Spirit to you, you start bubbling. So Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will let her overflow all the time, and it will change lives. Thank you, Lord, for what they're doing. But may you bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name. Connor, where are you? When, when, when I prayed yesterday for the congregation, the Lord showed me you. And you know that, that, that movie, um, uh, 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 King Arthur? You know that scene where he was sitting on the, on the horse on the hill with that lance and the flag and with his, 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 his armor on? And the enemy down there, when, they saw, when the enemy saw him, it confused them. And whatever they tried to do, they had to change that strategy because of what they saw. And he didn't do anything. He just stood there. He just sat on his horse. And I believe what the Lord wants to say to you is that you don't have to do anything. You just need to find a high place. You need to find a place close to him and as you sit before him the enemy will shudder in what he's about to do through you so have faith when you sit there when you look down at all the troubles don't worry about it god's got it okay you go watch that movie that last part i can't i had to i, I had to look for the picture and i found it in that movie and then i want to do something is is it more nay? 
Mario, it's Mario. I can't see that far. <laughs> so I'm just teasing. Ma'am, your name? Stephanie. You've got that yellow car. Okay. When I prayed yesterday afternoon, the Lord showed me yellow. And I'm contemplating, Lord, yellow, what, 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 who? Now I'm excited. Lord, what do you want to say? He just said yellow. So what's the obvious thing to do? I'm looking for somebody with yellow on it. So I'm looking for yellow, and everybody coming in here haven't got yellow on. But I saw the yellow car standing outside. I said, Lord, is it that one? And I thought, okay, that's the one. That's maybe the one that the Lord gave me a word for. But then you spoke, and I saw, Mario, your eye is yellow. And the word is, for both of you, you will never be able to outgive God. I saw this um, water tanks, and there's a, there's a gush of water flowing in. And the Lord said, don't close the tap, because the water will go stale, it'll go bad. You must open it up, because the outflow is overpowered by the inflow. So all you have to do is just sit in the presence of God and just, just receive what he's, he's got to give, and then just you give. You will never be able to outgive God. Never. You will never need anything because God says he's your provider. He's your husband. He's your husband. He will provide for you. All right. Is it still dead? Thank God. I, would, I tried this morning. I preached at AM, and uh, I used that thing for the first time. And I knew it's going to do that, so I printed just backup notes, which I'm used to. So, um, can, I, can, can we get that, that picture? I want to scare you into heaven tonight. What do you see there? Something interesting. I see two dates, and we all know what those dates mean. It's a date of birth and the date of death. And there's a little hyphen in between. And normally, we only find those two dates on a gravestone. You don't find it anywhere else. Who of you have gone into a, a graveyard and walked there? Most of the gravestones got those dates on. Date of birth and date of death. Have you ever seen a gravestone with a third date on it? Have you? What was it? <laughs> it's the birth, and then it's the date of death, and then the bury date. And then the bury date. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Keep that in mind. Third date. That's my topic tonight. It's the third date that is important. So firstly, the dates that's been put up there represented that person's date of birth and date of death. We all have got a date of birth and a date of death. And God 
is in control of it. There's nothing we can do about it. Do you agree with me? There's nothing you can do about it. But I want to prove to you that God is in control of that. Because I can't preach here and not go to the Word, because that's what the Word says. Ecclesiastes 3.1. Now, I'm going to read in the ESV, and I asked Oka to put it up in the NIV, so you can see whatever translation you use. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. That's what the Word says. For all of us, there's those two times. Let's jump to Acts 17, 24, 26. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, or though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of his dwelling place. God has even gone so far to determine not only the time that we will live, but where he wants us to live. Did you choose George because it's nice here? No, I'm just teasing. Just teasing. <laughs> yes. Amen. Psalm 139. I'm just going to read the last part. Listen to this. Your eyes saw my informed substance. In your book, that's I think verse 15 and 16. In your book were written... Every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God says, I knew you by the name. And they already determined the day of birth and the day of death. Last scripture, Job 14.5. Since the days are determined and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed these limits that he cannot pass. I've just proven that those two dates on that gravestone, God is in full control of. He's determined our date of birth. And he's determined our date of death. And he went that far to write it down in his book. Or books. If you go to Revelation 20. On Judgment Day, it says, and books were opened, and then the book of life. What is this books? When Benny was born, God opened Benny's book and wrote in there, date, time, he was born. And from there on, everything that Benny is doing and saying in life, gets written in that book. And that is the book that will be opened on Judgment Day. So each one of us have a book that God writes in everything that we do and say. I don't want to scare you with that. I, I, I'm going to release you from that pressure now. now. Just, just hold on. 
<laughs> just, just hold on. What is important here is there's something on that picture missing. And what is missing on that picture is at the end of the last date should be an infinity sign with two arrows. That's what I would like to put on a gravestone. as an infinity sign with two arrows. What does that mean? It means that we will live forever, saved and unsaved. Do you hear what I'm saying now? We will never die. Your body will die. But your soul will live forever. And why is the two arrows? The one arrow is we will live forever in the presence of our Creator. Where there's peace. That me and Leanne don't have to talk about what's wrong in my body, but that we can laugh about what God has done and have fun and just worship Him. Or, we can live forever in a place that's not lacquer. I, I believe it's quite hot there, but any case. Let me prove to you that everybody's going to live forever. John 10, 27, 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. So if you accept Jesus Christ as King and Savior, you will never perish, but you will, internal, uh, will receive eternal life with Him. Okay? The other part of the arrow, Revelation 21 and uh, verse 10. And the devil who have deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they were tormented day and night forever and ever. So what that means is that the unsaved will also live forever. But just think for yourself. And I don't want to scare you into heaven. But I, want to, I, I need to explain this to you. That, that hell is a real place. Whoops. It's a real place. And to think that forever and ever you will be tormented. God never intended for any of us to be in a place like that. That's never His plan. But what's interesting, when we look at the gravestone... We see a time span that God has given to me and you to live out His plans. You remember the story in the Garden of Eden? God's original plan was to walk at the cool of day with Adam and Eve. God the Father. God the Father walked with them. I wonder what they talked about. I know at the time He said, what do we call that animal? And Oh, that one with the long, that's a giraffe, and that one, that's a donkey, and that, good names. And then God looked for a helper, and he couldn't find one, and knocked him over the head while he was sleeping, pull out. No, no, that, that's, but any case, you know that story. God walked with Adam and Eve. That was God's original plan. But then sin came, and sin separated us from the glory of God. He took us away from the glory of God, from his blessing. And there's a scripture that scared me. God said, 
I'm so disgusted with what I've created. I'm going to destroy this whole earth, all humankind, all animals, everything I made, I'm going to destroy because I am hurt about what they've done to me. Just say hello. And the next verse said, but he found favor with Noah. And because of his favor with Noah, he decided not to destroy us, but to put a different plan in action. And that plan is to get us back to his original plan. Because God wants us back to his original plan. Where do we see the absolute fulfillment of God's original plan? It's in Revelation, at the end, the new Jerusalem, when the Father will live with us. Just imagine this. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're with us. Isn't that amazing? We think heaven is the ultimate. No, 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 no. Heaven is a temporary place. We will live forever. Where? On this earth, but God's going to change it to something new. Heaven is a temporary place. Heaven's going to be empty at a time. But now I want to get to the crux of the whole, of the whole thing. There's something else that's missing of that gravestone. It is the third date. That's missing. And I must ask, I'm going to ask your forgiveness now before I say it. Because I tend to put my finger in the, in the jam tin and I, I, I stir it. Because I'm not here to tell you nice stories. I'm here to challenge you. What is your date of, date of birth? Do you know it? What's your date of birth? 22nd of June. Yours? Is there anybody that don't know when you were born? We laugh at that, hey? Because everybody knows. For those who are married, can you remember your, your day of marriage when you got married? You can remember that. I hope you can. Otherwise, you're going to get a club tonight. <laughs> you can remember that. It's easy to remember those things. Now I'm going to challenge you. Can you remember the day when you decided to believe in Jesus Christ, to make Him your Lord and your Savior? Do you know that date? Now I'm challenging you because the Lord challenged me with it. I've got that date. I'm privileged to have that date. 11 o'clock, Thursday morning, 2nd of February, 1967. The Lord spoke to me. I know what it sounds when He spoke my name because He called me by my name. And He said to me one day, you will work for me full time. I said, I don't care about that, Lord. Because what I felt in your presence is something goes far beyond what I can imagine. And it changed my life. 
That became my third date. So on my gravestone, there should be date of birth, date of salvation, and then date of death. Do you know? I've got to be careful now. I don't want to put a heavy on you if you can't remember the date. I want to ask you this. Can you remember what it felt like that day when you met Jesus? When he changed your life and you made a decision for him? Can you remember that day? Can you remember where it was? Can you remember what you said? Can you remember what you've experienced? I can. I know exactly where I sat on that bed. I know exactly the smell that was in that room. I was nine years old. It's 56 years ago. I, I know it. I smell it. If I smell it now, I know it. I'm going to say something. I'm not tackling you on it. If you can remember all our earthly dates, how on earth can't we remember that experience we had with our King of kings and the Lord of lords that changed our lives? Because I want to tell you, when the enemy comes, you can start praying like you're blue. You can start quoting scripture. But you know what I do when he comes? I put a poster up with that date on. I said, eat it, but. Because when I put that date up, he know I made a decision on that day. And it put a process in, 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 in working that he cannot stop. And that's the thing that makes the difference. Is we need that date. We need that experience. We need to have that, that, that encounter. We need to remember it. Because that is the thing that will change those dates. That's the thing that will change and bring us back into God's original plan. Sorry, I'm, I get criticized a lot because I'm too upfront. So again, forgive me. We tend to do this thing. Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Yes, thank you, Lord. Now I'm saved. Now I carry on with the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that. What does the Word tell us in, in Romans 10, 9? Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Made the call this morning. Nine people recommitted because they needed that date. Today is a good day for salvation. Today is a day that you can put an, a, a date on, on a poster and say, I can't remember properly when it was, Lord, but, well, I'm going to use today as a weapon against the enemy. I'm going to put that date on, and I've got to pluck it on my back. And wherever I walk, people will see, what is that date? Let me tell you about that date. Then you evangelize. Then you tell people about him. But when the devil see that, and remember, Connor, when the devil see you, and when he see that date on people, he shut up. Because he can't stop the process that's being put in motion. Does this make sense? Are you seeing where I'm going? I can't fool around with these things. I'm 65 years old. I must make time count. There's no time for fiddly, fiddly, fiddly. We need to get people into heaven. 
We need to get people into eternal life. We need people to, to change their lives for the better. What is this process? What is this process that we're talking about? When, when, when you come to a point that Jesus, I remember that day. I want you to take control of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you died on that cross. And I believe that you were raised from the dead for me. And I believe that you went up into heaven and sitting at the right hand side of the Father. And I believe you sent me the Holy Spirit to help me and guide me and lead me. And then what do I do? I confess it with this thing. Because when you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. You can't be saved and sit there under the chair and don't talk about it. If you don't want to talk about it, I want to challenge you, then you're unsaved. Is that harsh? I hope so. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hear my heart. And when I go loud, I get excited. I don't scream. I, do I scream at you? Please, sometimes people say I'm screaming at them. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus gave this to his disciples. He said, go out and make disciples of all nations. And what to do? Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them. That's the process. So the process is go out there and get people to follow Jesus. And if necessary, talk about it. Did you catch that one? Because this thing get in the way. We should convince people to follow Jesus in the way we live and not the way we talk. And once people say, Jesus, you're my king and my savior. Come into my life. Take control over my life. The process start. Did you hear what I'm saying? The process start. Somebody said, is it Rina? Ria? Renee? Renee. Did you say your quick fixes? You talked about quick fixes. It's the most evil thing in our country and in our lives. We want everything to be quickly. Jesus, come into my life, and you're my king and my savior, and thank you. Now, now I've got to go and surf. I've got to go and do something else. We want quick fixes. When we pray for the sick, we pray with one eye open and see if there's something going to happen here. Because I'm a little bit scared to pray for the sick. For in case God don't heal them, then I'm embarrassed. When we pray for the sick, we start the process. And that process might take a while. But if you believe that He can heal, and you believe that He can save you, that process is a process that will get us closer to Him, to His original plan. So what does that process look like? You need to get involved in a church. If you're not in a church, get involved in a church. Because what is a church? A church is what you see here. People that speak into one another's lives. People that touch one another in one another's lives. To make sure that sin don't get a hold of you. When the devil comes and he plucks a thing on your back, somebody says, what's on your back? Let's take it off. 
That's what church is all about. But you know what? Church is when we come and preach here. So you hear what I'm saying, and you'll be excited after this, and who are, hallelujah, and you're going home back to the normal thing. And actually what you should do is get involved with comms. It's the small groups. It's there that we minister into one another's lives. Because I can pray until we blew. We as elders can do all the work, but God haven't called us to do the work. He called us as elders to manage what God is wants to do here. He's called each one of you to stand in the authority that He's given you. So He's given you the authority to pray for the sick and they will get healed. He called you to minister and tell people you need to get saved. We can't save people. Jesus saves them. But we can lay a foundation by testifying about that. And then you need family. Yes, family. This is family. Who of you notice family is a messy business? Because the pub brunt, and then dad is dick. How can that happen? Or the car gets bumped or scratched. Or the kids don't do what the parents tell them to do. You're not allowed to watch TV that late. And when they wake up, they hear a sound, go in there. It's a messy business, but you know what? It's a good business because it's a business where we walk with one another, where we train one another, where we equip one another. That's what church is all about. This is what family is all about. This is what com is all about. But to have the privilege of this, you need to believe. Otherwise, we miss the point. I'm going to share something that I've never heard preached. Listen to this. David Pawson said something that I picked up. And I went to look at the Hebrew, the Greek, the Latin, and whatever you want to cause or whatever. And I couldn't find actually what he said. But what he said made sense to me. He said the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Where's the focus in that word? F-O-R-T. Fort. Tris. He's the one that come and help us to make our lives a fortress so that the enemy can't get through. I've got my opinion about the end times. When I preach about Revelation, I preach Weizbian because there's a lot of gray areas and I don't want to put my foot in it. But let's say we have to go through the big tribulation, the big trouble time. Then the comforter has come to make us a fortress so that we can stand against difficult times. And this is what this church and this body and this family and all these comms are all about, is to help one another to make your lives a fortress to stand in difficult times and not to fall. Second thing, You've never thought of this. That millennium, when Jesus come, I'm going to give away a little bit of my, <laughs> it's just my opinion. When Jesus come, they said, that they, you're going to hear the blow of the trumpet. And he will come. What will he bring with him? All the saints that has died, that was in heaven. He brings them with him. And those living on earth will be raptured onto the clouds to meet him. And then we come back to earth. Because I see nothing 
in Revelation going up, except the two witnesses. The rest all come down. And then what will happen for a thousand years? thousand years of peace. So Jesus is going to rule on this earth. With who? With us. Can you rule at this moment? Will you be able to be the mayor of George in that time? Because the unsaved is not going to get a seat in that government. Because that government, for a thousand years, have begun governed by Jesus Christ and us. Are you ready to govern? Are you ready to rule? Are you ready to make difficult decisions? Because you need to understand one thing. At the, 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 the battle of Armageddon, when Jesus arrived, there's going to be a lot of dudes and dudesses that want to just sort out all the Christians. And Jesus is going to come and sort them out. But only those that assembled around Jerusalem, the whole world will still be filled with unsaved people. So in that thousand years, we need to rule, not only Christians, we need to rule where there's unsaved people. Are you ready for that? You know how you can get ready for it? By getting involved in church. This is the best place to learn how to govern, how to rule, how to make sound decisions, how to, to be accountable to one another. Am I encouraging you? Can you see it? It's so exciting. Because God has given us the church. And the church is teaching us everything that we need to do. That he put a lot of professors in the church. No. He put us here. And we as elders, it's the least we had to serve. Lastly, judgment day. When your book has been opened. Who of you are scared that everything you've said and done in your life will be revealed on that day? Are you scared of it? I'm so excited. Because while I'm on earth, I can make sure that that book is empty of all the bad things. And when he opens that book of Emsley Walmart, he looks at it and sees only good left. How will I get that right? Repent. Once we bring it before the Lord, he forgets. He said, I forgive you, and he forget. How can we say that God's going to bring all those things and clap you on a big screen? You did that, John. You clapped the guy there, you pulled a knife on him. Work, 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 work. <laughs> That's not true. Hey, I'm just taking a chance. <laughs> a matter of fact is that when the book has been opened, the devil wants to accuse said, you can't. What are you talking about? I can't remember it. I've forgiven him. It's blotted out of that book. So what an opportunity for us to be part of church where we can help one another to break sin's hold over us so that we can one day stand before the Lord and be excited and say, Lord, I trust I didn't miss anything. But bring it on. I'm not worried about rewards in heaven. I just want to be there. I just want to sit there in the corner and watch him. And sit in his presence. And enjoy peace, health, 
all those good things. Just worship Him because that's what we're called to do. But to get there, you need the third date. I'm pushing. You need the third date. You need that experience. And I want to, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. You see, now with the notes, it's the only one I didn't print here. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Can we close our eyes? You've been sitting listening to me saying a lot of things here. But the most important thing is you felt something in your heart. You've been asking yourself the question, am I saved really? I, I can't remember that. I can't remember the date. I can't remember the experience. I grew up as a Christian. My mom and dad always told me that and read the Bible to me. Today is a good day for salvation. You might sit there and say, Lord, I've, I've, I've done all those things, but I've, I've wandered off. I, I, you called me and I didn't respond properly, Lord. And just to keep face, I, 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 I called on your name before my friends so that I wouldn't be embarrassed. Lord says, I've seen it. But today I'm calling you to respond, to make this date the date that count in your life. So I want to ask you, while everybody's eyes are closed, if you that person that want to make today that date that you can put on that poster and stop the enemy, then I want you to put up your hand because we need to pray with you. I'm in no hurry. Today need to be that date. We all need that date. We all need to make that decision. Thank you for that hand. I'm waiting. There's another one. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Holy Spirit is busy with you. He's busy with you. But I will be embarrassed when I put up my hand. So what? You know how embarrassed you will be when you land up in, in hell and you have to look at that thing with the horns and he barks at you. I don't want that for you. I want to ask you to take a next step. Those who put their hands up, would you come to the front? You're with me. Come. We're not embarrassed in the most powerful date of our lives. Is it your first time? Your first time. 
Can we have some leaders or just some people around them? I want to I do something. I want us to all pray loud. For if you didn't have the guts to come and stand here, that at least you do it in your seat. Is that okay? Here we go. We all pray loud. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that I can ask you to come into my life and change me. Thank you, Lord, that now and now I am forgiven. And we make this declaration. Come on, the rest of us, let's, let's do it with confidence. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you were raised from the dead for me. And that you sent me the Holy Spirit to guide me and comfort me. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I'm going to do a second thing. Welcome into the kingdom of God. You will never be the same, but just stand. Just stand. I want to ask you this. We cannot walk that little line between the two dates without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know Jesus. Eh? I'm not sarcastic. I'm asking you. You know Jesus. You talk to Him every day. You read about Him in the Bible, right? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you talk to Him? Do you allow Him to tell you what to do? If you want to just hear Him better, I need to tell you this. The day I was di diagnosed six years ago with blood cancer, the Lord said to me, for two hours I didn't talk to my wife. I sat there and I didn't know how to handle this. And the Lord said to me, you can choose for me to heal you or to hear my voice. He wasn't finished. I said, I prefer to hear your voice. I don't care about healing. I want to hear your voice. Since that day, the Lord speaks to me very clearly. But sometimes I'm stubborn and there's a lot of waxing and I can't hear him that properly. But at the end of the day, we need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit better, I want you to come and join in front here. We need to pray for you. Because this is family business. This is family business. We need to hear the Holy Spirit. We need to hear the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you something. I want to introduce you again. Because I want to honor can I have the elders in front here with me? 
Because tonight there's nothing about me. Oh, there's Bob. It's just the three and their wives. God has called these men to lead this church. And He's put an anointing upon them. So I want to pray. But I want to use their anointing and their arms to reach out to all of us. Can we do that? I want us to open our hands to receive. We as elders, we reach out our hands to them. Receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Be filled with who is. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching these people and filling them with your presence. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will speak into their lives. And I ask, Lord, if, if our circumstances are of such that we can't hear you, I ask, Lord, that you will use our family to hear on our behalf. And let them speak into our lives. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to do a last thing. Just, just stay in that. Just, just receive. Just stay in that. I want to ask. This is what the Lord said to me to do. And again, it's nothing to do with me. The Lord said, I want to heal. I want to physically heal. So if you got a physical problem and you trust in God to heal you, I want you to come out of right here to the front. Right now. If you trusting the Lord to touch you physically for a healing. I want you to understand this. This is a process. God can do it immediately. There's Leanne. She, she can witness of that. She's seen miracle upon miracle. You're standing in front of you. God touched me. Surprise, surprise. Some of the figures are going up. Voila, I'm healed. So if you trust God for a healing in your life and in your son's life, is that okay? It's the first one that came to mind when the Lord says, I want to heal. So you just got filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's lay hands on them. Come. Just put your hands on them. Just put your hands on them. Lord, you say in your word that we as elders need to lay our hands on the sick and they will be healed.
we ask as fathers that our family will help us pray for these ones to be healed. Doesn't matter how long you take, Lord. I believe you can heal. You can do it instantly. You can do it over time. But the fact is, you can do it. And therefore, we come to you, Jesus. And we say, thank you. Thank you for complete healing. Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that each body will respond to your word in Jesus' name. And that healing will come. Body, you listen to the word of God. You be healed. You respond to the word. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for touching us physically. Thank you for touching us physically. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that the testimonies that will come from this healing will bring people into your kingdom and will help people make the decision to put the third date on their hearts. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And while we're standing like this, Lord, I want to ask that you will bless this congregation. Lord, that you will pour your blessing upon them, each one of them. Lord, that you will touch the elders, their wives, the deacons, every member, every child. May you pour your spirit upon them. Lord, let each one of us be known as instruments in your hands. Spade is useless until it lands in the hand of a person that knows how to use it. And then a spade becomes a very effective instrument. Lord, we spades, we're nothing. But in your hands, we're lethal. Use us, Lord. We put ourselves in your hands. We say, thank you. We're available. We're available. We're available.